Welcome to the Black Duck Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Wilkins. I'm excited to have you join me as I speak with a fascinating collection of folks, all of whom have in common that they've made a way for themselves by finding an intersection between thoughtful consideration and the tactile work of getting their hands dirty. This is an examination of intention, capability, and craft. It's where philosophy meets the blue-collar work ethic and where I find real value. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Black Duck Revival Podcast. This week it's a solo episode, no guest, just me, just you, just talking. Uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, a lot of stuff lately. Uh, I have really been trying to take stock of uh, myself and my family and my values and my execution uh, with things and all that stuff, right? And uh, this is kind of, you know, I think everybody kind of goes through this, or as a society, we kind of go through this uh, usually around the end of the, the year, right? So we get to January 1st, everyone makes these New Year's resolutions. Uh, nobody keeps them. And... Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's just a mess. It's great for, uh, 24 hour fitness and gyms and stuff, uh, especially the ones where they make it really hard to, uh, unsubscribe from the memberships. But, uh, it's something that I, I think really what I'm, what I try to do in my life and what I'm trying to do, uh, in a more effective way now is to kind of do those reassessments on a seasonal basis. Uh, probably for the last 10 years or so, and I didn't realize this was happening as it started to, but now I'm, I'm pretty aware of it. Uh, I really kind of think of my, uh, my life in these, these seasons, right? So, uh, we could be, uh, we could be kind of obnoxious with it and, and talk about this like Leopoldian, uh, seasonal model, right? You know, referencing Aldo Leopold and uh, the Sam County Almanac. And I have absolutely <laughs> talked about that before and probably been a little obnoxious with it. Uh, but partly that's because within the uh, the modern hunting community, Aldo Leopold and that text and uh, that text specifically, uh, a Sand County Almanac is is kind of like a touchstone for the modern hunter slash conservationist movement, right? So I, I use that as a point of reference for folks uh, because of, like a lot of people have read that book. If you have not read that book, I would encourage you to do it. Uh, even if you don't consider yourself a, a hunter right now, it's a, it's it's really a pretty profound way to look at the world. And it's had a huge influence on the way that wild places and water and uh, uh, animals, uh, all that stuff is, is managed here in North America, specifically in the United States. Uh, and then I'm sure we could we could kind of reference, uh, you know, there's all sorts of things that talk about seasons, right? Like we're talking about uh, religious text. Uh, there's that song by the mamas and the papas that you've probably heard at 
uh, a wedding or a funeral or something like that. Uh, but you know, for a lot of folks that that live a a very modern life, uh, and they get to they get to the fall, probably most of the fall, you know, the winter as well. But they get to that fall, that's hunting season for a lot of folks, and that's what a lot of folks live for. It's where they put their energy and effort into, and you know, probably they don't get to go near as much as they'd like. I, I bet you the average, you know, quote unquote hunter is gets a handful of weekends when they're you know chasing ducks or get to go to deer camp or something like that. Uh, I'm super fortunate because I get to to hunt and be outside and run around in the woods a lot more than that. Uh, I mean, this past year, man, I, you know, I, I almost feel like I packed a lifetime worth of hunting into one year uh, or a lifetime of hunting for, you know, most folks with, you know, a regular nine to five job. Uh, anyway, uh, prepare yourself. Cause this is going to be a bit of a ramble, but I, I do have some notes here and I, I think by the time it's all done, We'll have uh, some sort of, uh, if not a conclusive uh, solution, there will at least be a direction or a trajectory that we've kind of followed. But, you know, I've, I've been looking at just how I'm executing uh, my value system and what's important to me and you know, basically like, you know, are you being the person you want to be? And anytime you ask yourself that, there's all sorts of ways you can find yourself lacking. But uh, specifically with hunting season starting to gear up, I'm really realizing that uh, I've fallen into a trap that I think a lot of us fall into, which is uh, the social media consumption and you know, even in an unregulated way, like you get on your phone, you start scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or whatever you're on. And before you know it, like hours are gone. And, uh, what I really started noticing was, uh, I, I'd, I'd started to consume things in these tiny little snippets, these bite-sized portions, you know, uh, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, uh, very rarely was I looking at stuff longer than that. And a lot of time when I was scrolling, you know, we're talking about just a matter of seconds. Like we don't even get into double digits on seconds. Uh, that's a real problem in a lot of ways. And I'm sure lots of people that are much smarter than me can talk to you about blue light and circadian rhythms. Uh, and I absolutely think that that's part of, you know, the problem that I'm experiencing. I think the other part of the problem that I'm really starting to key into is that it it uh, results in this constant comparison, right? And I don't want to talk this point to death because lots and lots of people have, have talked about this and, you know, the dangers of social media and we're only seeing the 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 highlight reels of, of people. And, and even that stuff is, you know, manipulated. There's Photoshop. There's all sorts of editing Blah, blah, blah. But I guess I thought it was kind of worthwhile talking about this because, you know, even though I, I kind of consider myself 
you know, uh, lower on the ladder than, you know, a lot of people. I, you know, I am in this space. Uh, I do have an online presence. Uh, and I get to do stuff that uh, a lot of people would probably consider aspirational in some ways, right? So I, I thought it was worth bringing up that I kind of get the Instagram hunting season blues because I start seeing, you know, folks out West and they've got these unbelievable, <laughs> you know, these unbelievable animals that they've gone up into the mountains and they've gotten a hold of, you know, these crazy looking elk with these wild antlers, uh, or, you know, they're up in the mountains and they're getting on a bighorn sheep or mountain goats or something like that, which, you know, those are those are kind of aspirational animals for me. That's something I don't have a lot of experience with. I have been able to, you know, go into some mountains and and uh, and get an elk. But uh, and please don't uh, misunderstand me. <laughs> I'm not belittling that experience at all because it was uh, magical and transformative for me. But, you know, that bothers me that I know that that experience was like that for me and I'm still comparing myself. And even if I'm not uh, cognizant of the fact that I'm doing it, uh, I'm, it's making me feel inadequate or I'm allowing myself to feel inadequate with it. Right. Uh, I, and I'm just, you know, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure this is applicable to lots of people. Uh, that rapid fire kind of consumption of digital media that we all find ourselves in now, I'm realizing that it's not serving me. It's not serving uh, my value system. It's not serving me productivity wise. It's not serving me in the way that I execute things. It's not serving me uh, in my relationship with my family, you know? Uh, so I think that maybe kind of started to fire off. A, a bigger quest to analyze what I want to really engage in over the next, you know, four months or so that's going to be really heavy and active as, as far as being out in the woods and being out on the water and uh, trying to learn new things and trying to have these experiences that, you know, a lot of us really crave and look forward to. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of a microcosm. I'm talking about hunting uh, that in some ways that's a microcosm of, of a bigger thing that I'm talking about. And, and so I've really been starting to investigate this. Uh, and look, I've done what I'm sure everyone who's ever listened to this podcast has, has done a million times before, which is I've set a bunch of goals, uh, these, these kind of aspirational goals, whatever it is, like run a marathon or lose 20 pounds or, you know, uh, whatever it might be, write a book. And then you fall short of that. Right. And so I'm really trying to not focus on goals, but instead focus on a methodology, uh, and, and focus on, uh, the way that I, I look at and interpret the world. Uh, I've also been analyzing what makes me feel the best? Like what makes me feel content and satisfied and satiated? Uh, 
and not in competition with other people, you know, like how do I, what just allows me to naturally, uh, and without as much, uh, you know, kind of agita of effort engage in the way I want to live my life. Uh, and I've talked about on this podcast before, and I've talked about it with friends and stuff, but you know, that Turkey tour was super impactful for me. And I've, try to look at what about it was so resonant with me. What, why was it just such an awesome time? And there were absolutely aspects of hanging out with uh, really awesome people and just getting to see amazing things, um, beautiful landscapes, and uh, have super cool meals, and just this adventure aspect of it. But when I really try and boil it down, I think that what I enjoyed so much about it was that my my existence for those weeks was on such a minimal scale. And even though, I mean, this was not like backcountry hunting or anything, but like everything I had was contained in this unit inside the van. Uh, it basically, <clears throat> excuse me, it basically came down to a bed and a cooler with, you know, simple food and uh, podcast or music and just a, a simple activity like driving. Uh, it, I mean, that's simple in the way that you can, you can even kind of lull yourself. You got to be careful because you can kind of lull yourself to sleep on some of those long drives out west. But uh, I really started to look at and examine that, that resonance of, not having everything you could possibly have, just having what you needed and maybe a little bit extra. And then I come back to my house and, you know, like everybody, man, I've got so much more stuff than I need. I've got so much, uh, you know, so much to, to be grateful for and, you know, more clothes than I probably could ever wear and, uh, food in the refrigerator and tools and whatever it might be. And then I start comparing myself to other people and I, I start to feel inadequate, right? Like my house isn't as nice as these people. Like my vehicles aren't as nice. They're not as new. They're not as fancy. Uh, you know, my ability to, to indulge maybe isn't as much as other people, whatever it might be. Right. Uh, and that bothers me, not just because it doesn't feel good, but because I don't think that it's representative of who I want to be, what my value system is, uh, what I want to show my kids, all that stuff. So this is a kind of long rambling introduction, but really what this is all about is uh, I want to broach the idea of an experiment that I'm going to engage in over the course of the next year. And it's not something I'm going to talk about constantly. Uh, this isn't going to be, uh, this isn't going to be a thing where I'm, uh, I'm constantly posting about it on Instagram or, uh, talking about it on the podcast, but I will occasionally check in and just, you know, kind of give a brief update on how it's going. But, uh, 
yeah, I haven't even said what it is. Really what this comes down to is I'm going to conduct an experiment within my life uh, and, you know, to some degree within my family's life about a, uh, a return to a bit more of an analog existence. Now, that does not mean that I uh, won't engage in email. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to keep uh, my iPhone or not. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to get rid of it, and then there's a lot of kind of practical reasons not to. I'm, really, namely, I was thinking about j just driving around. Like, if I'm going to continue to go out in the van and uh, you know do some traveling around this country... It sure would be nice. Oh, Anna, the dog's going nuts about something. Uh, but yeah, it sure would be nice to be able to put that uh, Google Maps on and <laughs> kind of find myself, uh, find my way across the country. So I, I kind of haven't decided about that, but I do, I do need to disassociate myself from. Uh, some of these digital distractions and also like the inadequacy that I think that it uh, is kind of designed to implement within our lives. Right. Like the same way that, that fast food is designed to uh, exploit our natural tendencies to want to, uh, you know, overeat or hoard food or uh, indulge in these, um, you know, the salt and the fat and the sugar and whatever else, you know, that's what, that's what, what we're doing with all of our time is doing to us as well. Right. I mean, this is, this is digital crack. Uh, I don't say that from experience. I've never, <laughs> I've never smoked crack, but, uh, I know some people that have, you know, and, uh, I know what, Phenin, I've seen what Phenin does to people, and I, I think it's the same sort of thing. Like I'm realizing that I'm rolling over, waking up, and starting to scroll, and it's, it, it's mind-boggling to me. You know, I think about the best times of my life, the the things that the points of my life that I go back to, and think about, and I don't mean necessarily the most exciting parts. I mean the the times in my life, the instances when I was most content and none of it involved <laughs> looking at what other people are doing, right? None of it involved this rapid fire kind of machine gun, uh, consumption of other people's lives, oftentimes imagined lives, right? Uh, it, all those moments were, there was space. There was space in between uh, the noise, right? And what I really think about is like one of the best times of my life was, I mean, I could get it down to, you know, to almost one of the weeks, but it, it would have been about 13 years ago uh, in December, I believe. Yeah. So like 13 years ago in December. And, uh, I'd killed my second white tailed deer. It was the first deer I killed, killed with a rifle. And, uh, it was a small doe, like a yearling doe. And I'd gotten up early, uh, Marianne and I, we lived in this old trailer, uh, that we had fixed up. 
on her family property. And I'd gotten up early that morning. I'd gone out to the woods there, climbed up in a tree, and uh, I was able to kill this deer. And I put it in the back of my little Toyota Tacoma and drove it, you know, down the hill, down the driveway, and ran inside and woke Marianne up and brought her outside. And I, I just felt super proud and super accomplished because, you know, like kind of the first one, I guess there was a little bit of skill involved, but there was a whole lot of luck involved in it. But I was, I felt like I was starting to figure some stuff out. I was starting to really become a hunter, uh, a neophyte one for sure. But I mean, this was something I had done on my own. And, uh, I mean, it took me a long time to clean that deer, but I cleaned that deer by myself and, uh, fried up some backstrap and made mashed potatoes and gravy. And I don't know what else, probably some green beans or something like that. It just had like a really good satiating, uh, validating meal that, you know, I had gone out and, you know, found, acquired, provided for us. And then Marianne went and worked in her art studio and I was sitting there in my, uh, my little leather, leather lazy boy, which I still have, uh, just reading a book. And it was one of the best things about that place was it was quiet at night. It was so quiet. The only thing you heard was frogs in the, in the summertime and, and in the, uh, in the wintertime there was very little noise at all. You might hear a coyote every once in a while, but very rarely and you know I was just kind of bundled up sitting in this simple house reading a book in this comfortable chair after a day that felt like I had done something and that's that's one of the best memories I have and you know I killed that deer with an old gun uh, I was reading an old book it, just everything was kind of warm and uh, felt very appropriate for the time of year that it was right. Everything was comforting. Everything was kind of snuggly and I was content. And that's something that I experience. I think a lot of times in burst in my life now, but you know, there's this, there's this, uh, need to, or it feels like there's this need to compete with other people. There's this need to uh, perform. There's a need to be seen. And while all of that is, I, I think in a lot of ways that stuff is, there's some necessity to that, right? Like I'm running a business. Uh, I mean, as crazy as this sounds, and believe me, I feel like an a-hole saying it, but you know, like I'm, I don't know what some, some sort of a personality, I guess. Right. Like I'm talking, I'm egotistical enough to think that people want to listen to me talk or want to listen to me interview folks or want to read things that I write. Uh, and so there's a necessity to, to some of that, but I don't think that I'm able to give uh, the best of myself to my endeavors when I'm I'm muddying the waters, right? So something that we've started doing in my family is 
that is super rewarding and super validating and so simple. Uh, and it's, it's like one of the best parts of my whole week is on Saturdays, me and my wife and my two daughters, we, uh, we go to the, the main library branch here in Little Rock. We down there in the river market, if you're familiar with Little Rock and we go down there and we go up to the third floor, which is like the children's floor, and they've got like a little wooden train set. My kids play with the train set, and uh, they've got like a cardboard box that you know is cut out and painted to look like a bus. And my kids go in there. It's like super simple thing. They go in there and they play, and they run around and they pick out books, right? And we'll just get like a huge stack of books. I think the other week. When my mom was visiting, uh, we went with my mom there. And I think we came back with like 15 or 16 books. And they pick out a bunch of books that they want to read. I pick out some books that I want to read to them. Uh, I'll get a book or two from the library as well. And like that's the event for our Saturday, right? It, it's so simple. It doesn't cost a thing. It's just like this free thing. It's like one of the only things that doesn't involve money. Uh, it's not Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, it's not a kid's birthday party. It, it's none of that stuff. It's just us as a unit going and doing something that's only about enriching our lives. And uh, and that's what I want to, you know, reestablish in myself and establish for them. So I've got some notes here and... I just thought maybe, you know, for myself, I mean, really, this is a selfish enterprise, right? Uh, to some degree. Uh, so I'm kind of doing this for, uh, I, d I don't know that it's like an accountability thing at all, but I, d I just want to put these thoughts that I've got and these ideas that I'm wrestling with and this little bit of a plan out into the world to help it exist more, you know, and hopefully help it, uh, be something that I can, uh, really stay consistent with. So, uh, and some of the, I've been working on this for, you know, really probably for about three or four weeks starting to do some of this stuff because I didn't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want this to just be a bunch of what ifs, right? Like I want to have some experience and some practice laps doing this stuff. Uh, before I start talking about it, because otherwise it's all bullshit, right? So uh, I've given myself, and I guess you could call these goals, uh, but I, I think it's really a bit more about uh, a change in identity. And look, that's an absolute, uh, that's absolutely something I got from uh, this book that was recommended to me by a good friend. Uh, called Atomic Habits. I mean, it's like a New York Times bestseller. But this is somebody who I really respect the way they go about their life. And, you know, they've got a they've got some probably more regimentation in their life than I'm designed to have or maybe I'm even capable of having. But uh, something that really resonated with me when I listened to that book, I listened to it in audio form, uh, form was 
that idea that, you know, you set these goals, and I've done this a million times. Now, you set these goals, and you get to that goal, and then everything falls off, right? Because the impetus to to do the things or make, quote, unquote, make the change was that goal. And so when you reach that goal, it it, it all falls apart, right? Like, what do you do? You give yourself another goal? You give yourself another goal? Uh, and, you know, for some people, that might be a way to work it, but I have not found it to be sustainable. So anyway, uh, I really want to focus time and effort on becoming a runner. Uh, and that's something I started doing, I think in February, I was doing well with it. I was running about five times a week. And then I went on Turkey tour and I mean, truthfully, I did come back with a broken toe and that threw a little bit of uh, a wrench in the situation. But really what happened was I went on Turkey tour. I started hanging out with my friends. I started drinking beer and (laughs) I stopped running. Right. So I've gotten back into the habit of that. I'm running every day. I just go up to this. I've got this kind of weird, cool park close to my house that is basically like a old defunct golf course that's just growed up, gunchy, you know, kind of funky really a little bit. But uh, what's happened is there's these old golf cart uh, paths, just asphalt throughout, and they're all overgrown and, you know, there's a lot of uh, pine duff on it and there's some poison ivy and some trees down on it. But it's almost been like rewilded and nobody wants to go out there because it's not uh, it's not it's not incredibly difficult to get around, but it's not easy. It's not manicured. Uh, like I said, there's poison ivy, you know, around you got to kind of pay attention to. But I've been running out there and man, it's great. One, because I have the whole place to myself. It's like this wild place that's all to, just just mine. No one else wants to be out there. There'll start to be a few more people in the fall when it gets a bit more comfortable. But, you know, especially going out there early morning, it just feels like you're in the woods. Uh, the other day I was running and I jumped a couple of bucks. I mean, just I saw them briefly, but I mean, I'd, t- I'd say they're probably 140, 150 inches like a deer that I'd be super stoked about if I came across out in the woods and was able to, was able to put an arrow through or something. And that's like a cool thing to see. Right. And, uh, like I see hawks out there, uh, you know, flying around with bunny rabbits in their talons and there's coyote crap all over the place. And I can tell you right now they're hammering muscadines or seeds everywhere. And there's all this like wild fruit. There's tons of, uh, not muscadine, sorry, they're eating persimmons. There's tons of persimmon trees out there. And so every day I'm running by these these kind of wild fruit trees and I'm taking stock like they're still green, they're still hard. But, you know, in another month and a half, six weeks or so, this will be something I could come out with the girls and gather a bunch of them, uh, take them home, and we'll make, a, we'll make like a persimmon bread. There's some muscadines out there and stuff. It's just a cool place. Uh, and I specifically like the running because it it's like analog, right? And I'm analog, maybe not, right? It's just something that doesn't involve anything other than just myself and where I'm at, right? It's kind of as simple as it can get. It, I don't have to go to a gym. Uh, you know, I'm not 
I'm not in some group situation where we're all cheering for each other, which like real talk, that don't work for me. <laughs> you know, I don't, <laughs> that does not work for me. I tried doing CrossFit and stuff. And while I did like a lot of the exercises, that group, I'm not really a joiner and it, it just wasn't a community that, that worked for me. Right. Uh, but that running man is just so simple and, I listen to stuff when I'm running a lot and I'm starting to more and more not listen to stuff. And I'm just kind of hearing the uh, landscape around me and uh, my feet hitting the ground. And man, it's, it's incredibly, it's incredibly calming for me. Like, and I'll be honest with you too. Today when I ran, I'm glad no one could see me. I looked, I was hunched over. My Achilles tendons were killing me. My knees were killing me. I had a embarrassing pace. Like I'm not a fast runner. Uh, I'm, I don't have good form, but it's, it's just something I found. And I'm kind of surprised that I like it as much as I do. It's something I found that I just love the simplicity of it. Right. And so really what I'm saying, analog, I'm using that as, uh, I'm using that as another way of saying kind of simplicity, right? We could talk about natural. We could talk about the seasonality of it, all that stuff. But it's just something that I think human beings are made to do, and I can still do it, and I'd like to see how much I can do it and how far I can go with it uh, before I'm just a broke-down old man. So becoming a runner. Uh, also, I want to... In a much more full way, I want to be a writer. Uh, you know, I've, I've written enough and got paid for writing enough that, you know, I put that in my, uh, I put that in my tagline or, you know, if I go do a podcast with somebody else, they'll describe me as a writer. But I don't feel that I am yet. And that's because there is a lack of consistency with it. Like I write in big spurts when I have to as opposed to just writing every day because it's something that I do naturally, that it's a part of me, or maybe not naturally, but it's just something that I do uh, with regularity and with consistency. And a big part of that to me as well is writing with pen and paper or pencil and paper. I came to realize that... I came to realize that, you know, in my, in my daily life... I'm going a week maybe without ever using a pen or a pencil. And it's when I do try and write, you know, a few sentences, like I can feel there's an atrophy in the muscles and it's so strange to me and it feels wrong. So uh, that's something that I'm endeavoring to really make a part of my daily life. Look, I got to do most of the writing on a computer, right? Like I can't write everything in pen and paper and then transcribe it on a computer. Uh, but I think there's something to the act of writing, that tactile sense of writing uh, with a pen or a pencil. And and honestly, man, I really like a pencil. I like an old school pencil. I like the way it sounds. I like the way it feels. Uh, I've got this old pencil sharpener that's been in my family for probably shit 42 years 43 years or something it was my older sister's uh it's like mounted on a little a little piece of two by four and 
you know, when she was probably 10 years old, she took a pair of a scissors or like an old compass or something and she carved her name she carved Jen into it and painted over that carving with a like some gold paint or something and it's just something that's been in my life I remember it from when I was five years old it's how we always sharpen pencils uh, when I was growing up and now I've got it and there's just something about that that feels right uh, and feels like I should be doing it so that's part of being a writer, right? Like really fleshing that out, uh, working that mental muscle, working that, uh, the, the muscles in my fingers and my wrist, you know, it makes me think about when I learned to write when I was a little kid and, you know, I used to have a big on my middle finger. I used to have this big, huge callus at the, at the first joint that I took a ton of pride in. Right. And I, I remember trying to get it to be as big and as kind of rock solid as I could because that was a sign of someone who wrote all the time. Uh, so, you know, that that's something I'm, I'm working on and endeavoring to do. Uh, and then the other thing is home-cooked meals. And look, I probably should, I should write about this. Uh, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean everything 100% from scratch. I'm not talking about making all my noodles all the time or always baking biscuits and never using a frozen biscuit. But, you know, I have fallen into a trap lately of grabbing convenience foods, whatever, chips in a store, some old bullshit fast food, and it's unfulfilling in many different ways. One, and I think this was a big change with COVID, uh, and everyone, you know, all these places are short-staffed. Uh, there is a there is a societal tenor that is just kind of ugh a lot of times, right? And I get it, man. I've worked in crummy restaurants before. I told I've, I've dealt with the public. I I totally get it. But it's like you're you're paying more money for something that's prepared less well and less consistent and something I noticed a lot is a lot of times when the person is handing you that bag of food that's not good for you anyway they don't even speak to you right they just hand it to you they don't say thanks so much they don't say have a good day none of that and I was finding myself getting like angry by it right like they don't even treat me like they appreciate me and it costs so much and it's Dude, yeah, they don't appreciate me. It costs too much, and I'm paying for a crap product, right? Like, it probably isn't even how I ordered it half the time. But I'm still going to eat this crap because I'm not going to go back through and wait in line and uh, risk, you know, ticking these people off even more. Uh, but the stuff that does give me the feeling that I want, Right. Like both physically and mentally. Uh, and I'd even say like spiritually is these meals cooked at home. Right. Like cooked in the kitchen that uh, I largely put together myself. Right. Uh, cooking food in the cast iron pans that, you know, are one of the things that I took from my father's house after he died. Right. Like I can I know I know the. I'm cooking on cast iron pans in my house that either came out of my dad's house after he died or Marianne and I got when we got married. Like, that's what I cook everything on. 
and that's different. Like that hits different than going and buying an Arby sandwich, right? Uh, and then we add the other layer of, you know, I've got three deep freezers, you know, and it's got turkey in it and, and venison, uh, whitetail and, and elk. It's got a uh, wild hog. It's uh, got catfish and, you know, these all these different things, ducks and geese, obviously. And there's a story associated with each one of those things. And there's an experience associated with each one of those things. And I've written about this before and I've talked about this before, but there is a I feel very much like there's a continuation of energy and experience that's involved in all of that, right? And it's like, why am I robbing myself of that? Why am I robbing my my children of that? Uh, why am I robbing, you know, <laughs> the uh, Marianne and mine's uh, almost here son? Why, you know, like he could be being fed exclusively, and being nourished and being grown exclusively on black bear uh, and mountain lion and and venison and all this stuff, right? And it could be prepared in a way that doesn't, this doesn't have to be like long. I'm talking about grinding up deer meat and making hamburger help or any of it, but just like it being cooked at home uh, by us, you know, satin eating at uh, our kitchen table where we can look outside in the yard. That's different. Uh, and there's a simplicity to it. There's a, you know, again, to use a term I've, I've been using throughout this podcast, there's, there's something analog about that. And uh, it works for me and it just makes me feel better. It makes me feel more complete. It makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. So, uh, instead of making those goals, I just want those to become fully part of my identity. And, you know, maybe I get to a point where I can't run and then I have to change my identity, but I don't want to be afraid uh, to make those course corrections. Uh, and I want that for my life, right? I want that for, for my family. Uh and so there's lots of ways that I'm trying to get to this, right? I'll give you a couple of the ways that I'm actively engaged in trying to get to this stuff now. And I'm not talking about like, yeah, I got to run every day and I got to read a book every day and I got to write every day and cook dinner and all that stuff. Uh, but like in a broader sense, I'm divesting myself of just a lot of the stuff that I have because it is just stuff, Right. Like I'm not using it. I don't need it. Uh, and I think it, I'm realizing that it makes me feel anxious. I feel, I feel uh, less anxious and more at peace and better when there's less stuff around. Right. When I can like simply, I, I don't like a bed with a bunch of pillows on it. I like a simple bed. I've got my pillow. Marianne's got her two pillows and we're good. Same thing with my shop. Like I've got stuff piled up in there. Like I wouldn't even let anybody in there right now. It's embarrassing. There's just crap everywhere. And I just feel better hanging out in there and working in there and doing stuff. If I've just got one of everything I need and then get rid of all the rest of the stuff. Like if I'm going to use it once every three years, I don't have to have it. I can borrow it. I can go rent it. You know, if it's cheap enough, I can buy it and then sell it again, whatever it is. Uh, so I'm divesting myself of a lot of that kind of stuff. 
Uh, I'm also changing vehicles. Uh, and this is kind of a thing that freaks me out a little bit and kind of scares me a little bit, uh, which is why I think I need to do it. Uh, but you know, I've got the black duck van. That's a one ton, uh, Dodge van. I've got basically my daily driver is a 2017 three quarter ton Chevy. And it's, I like the truck. It's, you know, it's big. It looks nice. Uh, it's got Bluetooth in it, all that stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of my time in a pretty small circle. Like it's, it's more than I need now, right? I'm not pulling a trailer all the time anymore. I'm not building a lodge. I'm not, I've, I've stepped away from, uh, doing remodeling and all that kind of stuff. And so it's something that I don't need to have. It's not practical anymore for me, right? Gas. I mean, thankfully gas has dropped from uh, a few months ago, but I think it's going to go back up. It's crazy, right? Uh, and so I don't feel like it serves me anymore, right? So I'm going to divest myself of that. And I'm going to make uh, my dad's old truck, the F-150. It's a 97 F-150. I'm going to make that my daily driver because it's uh, it's it still smells like my dad, right? And I've got tons of memories in it. And it still runs good, and uh, it actually gets better. Even though it's older, it gets better gas mileage, and it's got room to put car seats in. I can drive my kids around. I can take them, you know, the the 10 minutes up the road to school and then back to the house to work on stuff and write and do whatever. I can drive all around the state of Arkansas in it. Uh, AC blows cold. I used to have this roommate. Uh, and he, you know, he'd have a car that would last for like a year and he would just say, Jonathan, that's what he called me, Jonathan. He said, Jonathan, man, the car has got to go and the AC has got to blow. And so this car does both of those things. Uh, so I'm going to make that my daily driver. And then I got that old van and yeah, it's old and looks kind of patinaed and stuff, but shit, man, that thing runs like a top. It's like a tank. I'll drive anywhere in this country in that thing. So, you know. I don't need that new truck. And maybe, you know, at some point we will get another vehicle, right? Like, you know, it would be cool to get a Honda Odyssey or something at some point. But it's not something we need right now. And I just want to return to kind of a more analog existence on that. Uh, and then lastly, uh, this is really going to affect the way that I hunt this year. So I'm gearing up here in a few days. I will uh, be leaving. I'll be headed to the Wachita Mountains for uh five days by myself uh i'll just have a simple little tent set up and i'll be bear hunting uh, with a bow for the first five days of the arkansas bear season and that feels so important and so right to me for many many reasons right now but it feels like the thing that i need to do is be out in the woods by myself uh, you know, there's going to be some physical discomfort out there, right? Like it's going to get up into the nineties. It's going to be hot. It's, you know, steep terrain. It's rocky. It's not easy to get around. It's thick stuff. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be in kind of a similar general area to where I have been hunting, but there's some stuff that I want to explore. And I just want to give myself the time to move slowly and not feel rushed and not feel like I'm in competition with anybody else and just be out in the woods 
by myself uh, and see what happens. All right. So uh, I feel really compelled this year, this season especially, uh, to hunt by myself more than I have in the last couple of years uh, and, and to hunt for myself. It's one of the things that I love about hunting so much is that there's so many different ways to do it. And you can do it either by what you're pursuing or where you're going or how you go about it. You can do it in the way that serves you at the time that you're doing it. And right now I feel, uh, I feel very much so that the way that I need to hunt and the way that will serve me best is to hunt simply, uh, without a ton of fanfare, uh, without a ton of eyes, uh, without some of the, you know, especially be able to engage in hunting. That's just for me. You know, it's a good juxtaposition to, uh, guiding and, you know, hosting people at the lodge and having people come on airplanes and all that and all those expectations. And, you know, truthfully, chances are I won't even see a bear. Chances are even slimmer that I'll kill a bear. But if I get to just walk around and explore and discover and stretch my legs for four or five days and go to sleep because I'm tired, just super tired and exhausted every night. It'll make that food taste so good at the end of the day. It'll make that sleep so restful and so restorative. You know, like laying in that tent just with a book and a little light and reading for 20 minutes at the end of the day and then falling asleep uh, and then waking up and being able to do it again. Like, that's what I need and that's what I want. And so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, I'm going to head out on Friday and like I said, stay for four or five days. And I especially want to do it before stuff gets real kooky because, you know, here in December when we have that little baby, uh, I mean, I'm still going to have to bebop around and do some hunting, but, uh, I've kind of set my, set myself up to be able to be at home. Uh, and that's, you know, I want to be there. I want to be at home. Uh, I want to be with the baby. I want to be with my family. Uh, and just, you know, being a part of all that stuff that really matters, uh, when it all comes down to it. So, uh, you know, the experiment as I, as I've kind of, uh, referred to it as is, uh, I, I'm really going to mindfully engage in those kind of three identity changes, right? Where I've, I'm not, uh, running or training for a marathon or anything. And I I do hope to run some half marathons and maybe some, maybe a marathon or something, but I'm really kind of more into the idea of doing these like half marathons, these like trail runs. Um, that seems a bit more my style, but instead of having a specific one be a goal, which is how I tried to do it last time, this is just something I do every day. Every day I run, uh, as a way to start my day and, uh, kind of clear my head. So, uh, I become a runner, you know, and then that allows me to, uh, move in, uh, put myself in a place to where my head's clear and I can think and concentrate on reading and writing. And then I am a writer, right. And, uh, I am 
a, a person that, you know, gets eats 99% of my meals, uh, in my own home or from my own hands. Uh, and just like those three things, I mean, I guess they sound kind of simple, but, uh, I, I think really implementing it is, is, is going to be some, take some work and some effort. Uh, and so, like I said, I will, uh, occasionally, you know, maybe every couple of months or so, I'll just, I'll give a brief update or something at, uh, the beginning of a podcast, or if there's enough to talk about, maybe I'll do a whole podcast that way. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited about this and I'm stoked about it. And I think it's important for me to do this at the time that makes sense for me to do it and not, uh, these big societal, uh, you know, silly touchstones that don't, don't end up working for anybody else. Uh, and I, I think only good things will come out of this. Uh, and, uh, I, I, we'll talk, you know, when I, when I give updates, I'll go into maybe some more specifics about like, you know, this is how I, this, this, these are the things I did these last couple months to contribute to this. Right. And I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of stuff. Like I, uh, limited my social media to this much a day or, uh, you know, I limited my television or, uh, I got rid of this app or whatever it is. Right. Like I'm sure some of that stuff will happen. Uh, there'll be, there'll be more specifics on it. Uh, Maybe I try and do all this and then the truck breaks down and then I'm like, uh, it didn't work out guys. And I just had to take uh, a loan out to get a new truck. But, and if that happens, it's okay. You know, like that's life. That's, I mean, we're all in this rat race. I, I don't, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to move to a cabin in the middle of nowhere and, uh, you know, live some sort of, there's a movie called Captain Fantastic that, that seems cool, you know, only until you think about the fact that you don't have uh, Bluey or Cocoa Melon to uh, distract your kids for 30 minutes while you cook dinner occasionally. But anyway, so I think that was enough of a ramble. Uh, Any more will be superfluous. Superfluous? Extra, too much, unneeded. Uh, so I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, so yeah, I hope that, uh, I hope this works out for me and, you know, really, I, I do think that, uh, I guess I would say this in closing, this is absolutely, uh, an enterprise that I'm engaging in for myself. Right. Uh, I mean, shit. Pretty much everything I do is for myself, right? Like I'm talking to people that I think are interesting. I'm writing things that I think are interesting. I'm I'm doing stuff that works for me. But I do very much uh, hope that you know that one. I hope I'm successful in this. Uh, and two, I want. Uh, it would be rad if some other folks, you know, found some resonance in this and. You know, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to build a community, uh, you know, or like some online platform where we all talk about this. And I mean, that's not what I'm looking for. And I don't think I'd, I know I would not be well suited or good at that, but I do think it's important to just remind folks that like everybody, everybody is just a flawed screwed up person 
we're all trying to find our own peace, our own contentment. Uh, and, you know, even folks that you see on Instagram or on a website or, you know, whatever, on a, on a documentary or a TV show or something, like they're dealing with the same stuff, right? And I'm so, 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 so low level on all of that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that shit's a problem for me too, right? And so I'm just trying to uh, take an active role in doing something about it. And I'm talking through it uh, with whoever cares to listen. And uh, I appreciate you listening. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. Hopefully, uh, next time you guys uh, listen to a podcast, I've uh, got a good report from the bear hunt. But uh, if I don't see a bear, if I don't get a bear, I I know that it'll be uh, what I need to do right now. So thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening all the way through that ramble of a Black Duck Revival podcast. As always, it's produced by me, Jonathan Wilkins, and Brian Sachs. Check out the website. It's blackduckrevival.com. There's still a few spots left for a speckle belly goose hunt. Uh, and we'll do all the stuff that you've heard about so many times before. We'll have some really fun hunts. We will uh, hang out in the old church. We'll cook together. We'll learn about processing birds a multitude of ways. We'll do a couple days of cooking classes. Uh, these are always a super good time it's like a self-selecting group of people it like there's never a holes there it's always cool people that want to learn and uh just want to have a rad time and share these experiences uh and it's like a super cool kind of summer camp vibe so uh, if you're interested in that go to the website there's some recipes up there there's articles you can read uh, you can find podcasts there as well so check that out. You can also follow me on Instagram. And that's just uh, Black Duck Revival is the handle. And as always, I always ask uh, for your help with spreading the word about this podcast. So tell a friend, tell an acquaintance, tell an enemy. If you haven't left a review, that's super helpful. Please do that on whatever platform you listen uh, to the podcast on. And uh, from the absolute bottom of my heart, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you all soon.